1: Buddies and travelers down Thunder Road, it's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. I'm your host, your smoldering WrestleMania sign upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, <laughs> and I am joined as I am every week by my faithful co host, Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you? I am
2: pointing at the WrestleMania sign, Dave. Are you? It's on fire, but I'm still pointing at
1: it. Won't somebody please think of the signs? <laughs>
2: if that's not you know a perfect um what's the, the a perfect symbol of everything that WWE yeah. is in 2022 it's yeah. their fucking Wrestlemania sign is on fire
1: our good friend um Barry Murphy of uh the Barry Lad of um,
2: oh, of the Barry Lad <laughs> of
1: the Barry Lad fame <laughs> of he's just he's just an internet mogul at this stage isn't he um a, a multi—he's a triple threat, you know. Twitch, Twitter, podcasts—he's got the—he's got the whole game on lock. But uh, he had a thing like, is like—is there anything more illustrative of how set in their ways WWE are? That first rumble happens. Ronda points at the sign. Sign catches fire. And instead of going, lads, should we play it safe and maybe just do something else instead of point at the sign and set more pyro off? They just fucking did it again, and the sign caught fire again. Mm. Hmm. Um, this is a company that's setting their ways and you just gotta do it that way yeah where you burn the whole fucking house down quite literally or not um like, look let's park that for a second um how have you been buddy it's been a busy week for you
2: I am like fucking exhausted <laughs> oh yeah it's my first week back on work the baby is still a baby I still Really? really <laughs>
1: They, they don't grow it didn't, up any quicker. It, it, it didn't turn into a fucking pelican in the two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. You like you got to keep feeding there. It, it's... I'm. I'd say I'm learning a lot about the miracle of life on this program.
2: <laughs> oh man. uh yeah. No, it's just. Ah uh, look, the baby is great. I love her. It's just sometimes I need to sleep. Sometimes my wife needs to sleep. Yeah. My son she- my my son is sleeping perfectly and I hate him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> See, that's the thing now, is that you need to, in short order, train the big dog to mind his little sister and just be done with it.
2: Uh, to be fair, he's brilliant with her.
1: Yeah. And he yeah. constantly
2: wants to help. It's yeah. just, it's he's just not quite old enough to be able to do
1: certain uh, things. How old is the big dog now? He's nine now. Ah, oh, look. Lee, 100 years ago, they were sending kids his age off to the coal mines all day.
2: Yeah, but like...
1: Nah, not having enough
2: <laughs> Nah, nah. Well, you're all here to hear for us. Dave is pro-child labour. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to cancel them, that's at the day to Dave.
1: <laughs> thanks, Lee, thanks. The one time you remember to plug stuff. Is, this <laughs> is make sure I get firmly Re- cancelled
2: receipts will be handed out on this
1: show at various yeah. points, that's a receipt <laughs> Lee, Lee's engagement in social media platforms is either to cancel me to troll people who like Edge or to see if he can get away without watching Thunder this week as people in the VOW the, the Discord found out a few hours ago. Yeah. And who, have I watched Thunder? Nobody knows. It, it's safe to say <laughs> that for at least one of us, these are hot, fresh takes because I finished uh, this episode of Thunder uh, 35 minutes ago. <laughs> I can honestly say I wasn't long before you <laughs> yeah, normally, so because of your work, as you said, yeah. you were absolutely I, exhausted. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I, was in, stuff. I was in work at
2: seven o'clock this morning, so I was up, well, I would have been up at five o'clock, but I was up at half three yeah. this morning. It is now coming up on half eight, so I don't know how many hours that is.
1: Yeah, lots. It's um, lots.
2: After a day's work, it's lots. Yeah.
1: Look, we're not mathematicians on this podcast, just child labour enthusiasts. I think that that much is known about us. Um but yeah, so because of that, we kind of moved our recording around. Normally, like we'd both get it watched a couple of days beforehand, mm-hmm. maybe a day beforehand, to to keep it fresh in the memory. Uh, so it was like right before the rumble last night. You were like, "Can we move?" And I was like, "Damn." <laughs> like there's like a level of like where we're fr- friends and I, I completely understand that. and I'm like, yes, I will absolutely where there is flexibility in my schedule move to accommodate that. That is completely mm-hmm. understandable. But then there's like the pure logistical level where I try to game out the amount of hours I have for like watching this stupid rumble, which I probably shouldn't have done. In hindsight, uh, sleeping, uh, the do- doing the stuff I had planned today, and watching an episode of Thunder before recording at <laughs> eight o'clock, and I was just like, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> I, I mean, listen, if you cut Thunder out of, out of all those things, I wouldn't have blamed you. Honestly, of the two wrestling shows I watched the twenty four hours last twenty four hours, I had more fun watching Thunder, uh, and it was probably equally consequential. Yeah, uh, le- le- less of a train wreck. Mm. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about that for a second, I guess, because this is what everybody's going to be talking about this week. I know this is coming out on the Thursday after the Rumble, so these will be like rancid, expired takes by then. Uh, uh, Austin so we Theory were too be, long on it.
2: Austin Theory will already be WWE champion by the time this show drops.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was learning so many things during this Rumble. Like, I know it's a bit of a joke on Twitter, but, like, it is true that, like, almost every entrant was a surprise entrant for me because I don't know anyone's team or anything because... Oh, yeah, I th- all the
2: CFOS teams are gone.
1: But also because I haven't watched anything, like, main roster or NXT since Survivor Series. And before that, I can't even remember if I watched SummerSlam. Like, um, I was saying this to to someone today. It's like, could you have imagined telling yourself when you were, like, a, a kid or a teenager that one day you'd have pretty much unfettered access to and convenient access to live WWE pay-per-views and you just wouldn't be bothered? Mm-hmm. It's incredible.
2: It, it, like It's amazing. Like, when I started writing for VOW, I was like, you're actually going to allow me talk about wwe shows that's incredible i love this mm-hmm. you know i did a couple of wrestlemanias i fell asleep halfway through one so i was ahead of the posse on realizing wwe is shit but um yeah no it, it is incredible to think in hindsight that you know like you say you have all this access free available easy access to pay-per-views every month and yeah everyone just goes ah, fuck that
1: yeah you, you you are like You come to the like Because the Rumble I think is the most like Casual, fan-friendly point to jump in Because mm-hmm. it's like Much as there are usually ongoing feuds Going on into it It's very much a chapter one If you want to stay in through Mania season So you'll see a lot of casuals Kind of give it a go Ah, oh, let's check in and see what everybody's that, doing
2: That's why like If you remember like 10, 12 years ago Probably longer than that Probably 12, 15 years ago ratings on Raw would rise from the second week of January on through Mm -hmm. the end of WrestleMania
1: yeah like yeah due in part to that and in part to like the regular NFL season ending as well like it was it used to be perfect Mm -hmm. timing annually But what you're reminded of now is because you kind of like sometimes you jazz yourself up a little like I I don't at this point jazz myself up for any storylines or any plans or anything like that. But I kind of go, hey, like, you know, on paper, this is like a significantly more talented roster, a bell to bell than, you know, when we were growing up, say. But like you come in going, well, like the bare minimum they can put on are like, you know. (coughs) Three star matches and, um, you know, decent battle royals with like g- good mini arcs going on mm. within them. And then you come crashing down to earth with the realization that as soon as like the pen comes out and things start getting booked and written on these shows, you, rem- you remind yourself why you don't go back to them anymore. And I know it's kind of rich for us coming from, like a WCW Thunder podcast <laughs> talking about it, but it it is like staggering, you know? Look, because it's not even the kind of fun bad that we can get on board with. No, and, and that's what I mean. Like it's something I, I've said
2: on Twitter, like WCW at its worst isn't as bad as current day WWF or w, yeah. WWE, not WWF. Um, but yeah, like it's just like WCW for all its faults, Still had people that were over. Yeah. WWE have Becky, Roman, Brock, and Orton, and that's it.
1: Yeah. And now Ronda again.
2: I mean, is she over?
1: I mean, (laughs) she was in her first run, but that way. But, like, she's going to be in there with Charlotte, so... Yeah. Let's see what, uh, yeah, like that's the thing. You, you come in and you're just like, oh, you know, the really funny trolley thing. It'd be really funny if Charlotte threw Rhea out, la la la, and then that is what happened. And you know, oh, it'd be really funny if, like, you know, Ronda finally returns, and instead of giving us the Becky match, which is the one Ronda singles match at WrestleMania, everyone's wanted for mm-hmm. three and a half years now at this stage, they just did it. They gave her to Charlotte to appease Charlotte, and that is what they're doing. Yep. Um so like yeah just checked out uh, actually much more excited to talk about thunder than to continue talking <laughs> about that uh, listen we've got a, a point of uh, a programming note for upcoming shows um, so the next show obviously because this is a go home for Super Bowl nine so two weeks from now will be the Super Bowl Nine episode, but uh, two weeks after that, um, instead of going straight to Thunder 52, we are going to do an episode of one of our limited series on the show. And I know long-time listeners are are well aware of this, but just when we revisit these limited series every now and then, we're just going to have to remind the the new listeners that joined us uh, as of last episode from the VOW feed Um What they are. And um, the series we're going with is a series we like to call that you dubbed, Lee, Thunder Request Live. Um, Last year, we did a bit of a fundraising drive just to get uh, listeners to chuck in uh, a couple of bones to keep the lights on over at our old place of residence. And they did so very charitably, very generously. We really appreciated that. And we said the kind of um, the 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 carrot we put on the stick for that was um, if you donated a certain amount, you would get to request a show for us to cover and to review. Um, that is outside of the usual Thunder timeline. Um because we don't want to be jumping around in the timeline we're already in. So it could be any wrestling promotion we said, it could be a movie, it could be it could be fucking anything. Like, you know, pitch us. It could be the Macho Man's rap album. You know, you 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 make your choice. Um, please, please don't choose that. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got five shows. We we already did one. Um, Which was the Saturday Night Nitro And we did a live play-by-play for that Um, We have four left on our Wheel of Fate And next week before we start proceedings on Super Bowl 9 We're going to spin the wheel one more time We haven't revealed what any of the shows uh, have been Before we spun the wheel and that will continue But we will let you know which one won next week So that if you do want to watch the show before we do it um, You can feel free to do so um and of course as we're watching it then we'll be throwing stuff into the Discord and onto Twitter as we're watching it and then we'll be recording it ourselves um to talk about. Yeah, so that's just the the plan for the upcoming shows, Lee. Um and you've seen what the four shows that are left on the wheel are and um I'm pretty sure it's four absolute crackers.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like four kind of diverse of good shows. Yeah. That will have um some interesting highlights shall we say
1: yeah there's two there's interestingly and we will get to it if it comes out in the draw there are two shows that were nominated by two different listeners that are actually quite linked Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. When we draw the first one of those, I think we'll do that as a one-two. The next two shows yeah. will be those two. I think that makes the most sense. But we cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, yeah. So looking forward to getting back onto TRL. We we like to take these occasional breaks off uh, the main route of Thunder Road to to catch our breath. And I think after pay per view is a perfect time um, to do one of those. Lee, for the first time on this program, we have a sponsor. We do. I'm very excited about this. After uh, after after three years, uh, we're finally here. We've hit the big time. And uh, let me tell you, we are excited to have on board the fine, the fine people uh, at HelloFresh. What is HelloFresh, you might ask, Lee? You are a man. I I see you there. I see you on the screen in front of me. And I know you're a man who doesn't like putting in effort when he doesn't have to would I be right in saying that
2: have you been talking to my wife again
1: I have yeah yeah I, I've i been talking to your wife even your therapist is like this guy <laughs> this guy so it, you know if that is true of you if what everybody is saying behind your back at the meetings we have uh, in between the podcast talking about you uh, if all that is true the people at HelloFresh are here to help you with HelloFresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cookie easy fun and affordable that's why they are America's number one meal kit. Lee, it couldn't be made much more simple for you than that. So HelloFresh are here to save your bacon. Um the new year, really, like, you know, we're we're in this phase where it's, you know, new year new you and the new year is a great time to focus on what's most important to you could be saving money to order less takeout, learning to cook or prioritizing your wellness HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable uh, HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skimping on quality skip the trip to the grocery store saving you the weight in long holiday lines ensuring you don't waste money on excess food Leave the, the pre-portioned ingredients thing really appeals to me I, Because I don't know about you Like I'm a man who loves his cooking And I don't do cooking by weighing I do cooking by just throwing stuff in a pan And the amount of times I have cooked Often it's too much food But on occasion too little food mm-hmm. The idea of having my ingredients pre-portioned Before they even get in the house is pretty great
2: Yeah, I mean the idea of having a recipe card Telling me exactly what to do How yeah. much to put in how not to put in too much that's just yeah. that's ideal for me as a man with a growing family I get to spend less time in the kitchen more time with them
1: I mean what's not to love to avail of uh of HelloFresh please do go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-16 use the code V-O-W-16 uh, for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts Lee that would that would nearly get us through the weekend 16 free meals
2: I mean one
1: it would actually,
2: yeah. Yeah. So that's HelloFresh.com slash VOW16. And the code is VOW16. And you get 16 free meals and three free gifts.
1: Lee, without much further ado, shall we launch into it? Let's. This is Thunder episode 51, dated 18th of February 1999, coming to you from Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, This is the go-home show, as we said earlier, for uh, Super Brawl 9. And we start off with a cold open that flashes back to Nitro with a man that I can only describe as Wet Bandits Hogan.
2: (laughs) I can now only imagine how bad Home Alone would have been if Hulk Hogan was one of the Wet Bandits.
1: (laughs) Terry and Marv. Who
2: who could Oh it'd have, to be Ter, it'd have to be Terry and Ed Wouldn't
1: it could to rub
2: your house brother <laughs> <laughs> Brother Brutoy with him
1: Yeah Yeah Oh my god Yeah Would, would it, What gimmick would he have Which one of his gimmicks
2: I mean it could be any of them He could be the butcher The
1: man with no name
2: The man with no name it
1: Could be the booty man Here to rob you B- Big brother booty Yeah Oh The the possibilities
2: are endless. I mean, he could change every scene and still never run out of gimmicks.
1: Yeah. Would that... Oh, my God. Would that make Sting the old man across the road with the shovel?
2: Yes. Yes, it would. Joe, who comes to
1: save the day at the end because he's like a stalking presence throughout the film?
2: Well, I mean, now you'd have to book Darby as the kid.
1: All I'm saying is, Chris Columbus, get on the blower to us. We have a dynamite idea to reboot this. I know the the movie they they did a movie on disney plus last last year i haven't seen it but without looking up a single review i guarantee it's shite come to <laughs> us we've got a much better idea
2: <laughs> yeah okay we have to do that now
1: yeah yeah 100% um yeah look this wasn't uh, i think the worst hogan look we've had so far was the uh the was it the nwo cap uh the sock on sunglasses the yeah, the with flannel shirt and Jinko jeans. Mm-hmm. That that was the worst Hogan look so far. This, though, this was a... Did,
2: did you notice that it was a balaclava on his head?
1: Well, it would become clear later on that that's what it was. But, because... Out
2: of context, at the start yeah. of the show, did you notice it's a balaclava?
1: No, what I wrote down out of context at the start of the show was that he was wearing a hat that was two sizes too big and a shirt that was two sizes too small. Uh, with the most enormous collar line I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like, this was proper. Uh, Look, there's no two ways about it, Lee. There was a tremendous amount of Hogan cleavage on show uh, in this cold open. Uh, He was leaving very little to the imagination in this shirt. Listen, sex sells. It does, you know And uh, Hogan leading the industry in that uh, <laughs> he's, He says uh, he's going to give Flair One shot at the world title tonight Skips forward It shows him trying to claim a count out win Surprise, surprise Because Flair isn't there And th- and as we would learn later He knows well he's not there um, US champ Piper emerges uh, In his t-shirt that says Reality, check On it, get it Edgy He, he,
2: he was years ahead of the Trumpites, wasn't he?
1: Oh my god, streets ahead.
2: Uh, do, 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 do you know what I love though? Yeah. Roddy Piper is the US champ. It's a weird one, isn't it? Hulk Hogan acts like he hasn't seen Roddy Piper in years. Yeah, who the fuck is this, brother? <laughs> he he won the title <laughs> the week before.
1: He looks uh, almost as stunned to see Roddy Piper current champion in WCW as he was to see Warrior when he debuted. Yeah, maybe it's just that Hogan is utterly per- like he's like one of these out of sight, out of mind people. Like if you're not currently in front of him, he completely. Fr- oh my god, I haven't seen you in years, brother. It's like a horse when he turns his head with the blinkers. He's like, oh my god, great to see you, Jack.
2: Um,
1: yeah. So uh, Piper says Flair is busy tonight, so they it w- it is them that will wrestle. Skip forward to Piper. He nearly has Hogan beat with the sleeper. You
2: forgot the important part.
1: Piper is still an acting
2: commissioner So I think that brings the number of authority figures to 106
1: Yeah That's a big boardroom table Lee
2: I mean we have Mrs. Raven Yeah We have Nick Lambrose
1: Nick Lambrose, legend
2: JJ Dillon Don't know if
1: he's dead but still rest in peace to a real one in case
2: (laughs) JJ Dillon
1: Yeah Ric Flair Ric Flair
2: Eric Bischoff
1: Eric, well, Eric Bischoff is currently still getting the coffees, isn't he? He's not back in charge yet.
2: Yeah, but he's still an authority figure. Yeah. Um, Vince has made matches. The NWO Vince.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, most members of the NWO have made matches.
2: That is true. So that yeah. that includes, what, 26 other people? Yeah. Um, who else has been an authority figure?
1: I feel like Jericho has booked himself into matches before. Well, he did go um,
2: to the... Oh,
1: uh, Gene booked a heel turn and a feud <laughs> By himself last week on the show That is true <laughs> And let me Let me say I can't remember who it was uh, I want to say was it our friend Monkey Buckles Mark uh, Some Somebody one of the, the usual Um uh, Thunder Buddy Gang uh, was saying to us last week that we sh- uh, that they are totally all in on like a procedural series where uh, Gene Okerlund goes around starting angles and just walking away. Oh, for the hotline, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a reverse Scooby Doo. It's like he it's like he's going in and he's causing the central mystery of the show. Like he's going in. Maybe, maybe he's the man behind the white Hummer.
2: Possible to say. Yeah, I mean I mean who's behind the Homer would have sold a lot of um,
1: a lot of calls on the hotline. Do you know what if it had turned out all this time that it was him in the Hulk Hogan colored Dodge Viper that ran down Savage in like one of an- the early episodes of Thunder, that would be one of the greatest wars in the history of the sport.
2: The the Viper that had the license
1: plate H. Hogan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. <laughs> that would be the very same one because that's what that that's what he'd do to throw you off. Gene's a smart guy, you know? Um so Piper nearly has this match with Hogan won. Um, when Hall arrives with the stun gun, stuns him to bits for a DQ. Um <laughs> Stuns him to bits. <laughs> I was like I, initially I had that usual gut reaction we all have at an NWO run-in and, and disqualification was like oh fuck this but I was kind of thinking like I know they're doing Hall and Piper at the pay-per-view so I'm like even though I hate an NWO run-in at least this was one that actually played into an existing storyline instead of solely just being getting out of a finish mm. um, so I don't want to say I give this one a pass but it's like it's one of the the more sensible ones they've done. Yeah, there seems to be some kind of logic behind that, I suppose. Hmm. Um, yes, as we said, it's our go home for Super Bowl, and a steel gauge, a steel cage comes into view, and the announced team say they have no idea why it's there. Because now, why would they? Now, Lee, here's a funny thing. As soon as they said this, while showing the shot of the Lee, the the looming steel cage I had like my memory triggered and I am thinking if it's not this show we are at best a couple of weeks away from when I started watching this show now
2: I know the spot when you started watching the show and it's not this one
1: oh do you yeah because it is this year sometime mm-hmm. okay because when they said the steel cage is here we have no idea why and then it like we had a lash in the room at shortly afterwards I was just like is this the first Thunder I saw clips of? I don't think it was. I think you were okay. a bit later on. It might be. It might be. Let's see. We'll, we'll see what happens. Because, and your theory stands to reason, because I don't have solid memories of anything else that happened mm-hmm. on this show. Um, but anyway, let's, let's roll on. I know I was definitely watching it before Sid came back. Because okay. um, I remember him coming back and I had already been watching for a while at that stage. We will piece this mystery together as we go, my friend. And I know it's still during the LaRue singles push. So
2: Well I mean that lasts years.
1: As well it should have, my mm. friend. I will have no rage and cage and slander on this programme. I mean, you mark my words. That's
2: because you look alike, Bunny. Anyway.
1: <laughs> of course, yeah. The virtual fucking body doubles the two of us. Life model decoy of the man. Um so NWO black and white versus the horsemen to go on to Super Brawl is our main event this evening it's funny because they do this thing where we have no idea why the steel cage is here but by the way our main event is Horseman versus NWO uh, like it's just you, you want to telegraph something I mean they, 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 could,
2: they could just tell people there's a cage match to end a show stay watching the fucking show
1: yeah yeah like big, yeah because that might build viewership and they hardly mention it on commentary after that until the cage match. And there's it's not like there's a huge reveal or an announcement. Like, there's just like the main event starts and they just go, oh yeah, the cage is down. So I guess this is what's happening. Like,
2: you get the impression that the cage is just above the ring every WCW show. Like, you go to a house show, there's a cage there for no reason. Like, yeah. ooh, maybe we get a cage match. Nobody knows.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... So we also hear from Flair for the first time since he was attacked. And I thought it was like, do you remember the original attack where they beat down him and David? I was like, surely he's been on TV since then. Uh, But it's another attack that we would learn about later. They called it one of the most disgusting assaults they'd ever seen in professional wrestling. Um, And they mentioned as well that Goldberg is going to be on The Tonight Show tomorrow night. So two days out from Super Bowl. And he's going to make a challenge that will set the world on fire. Next, we see uh, Stevie backstage approaching Booker T saying, hey, man, I'm in charge of Hollywood now. Because you remember last week, Hogan basically told everybody in N.W. Hollywood they were in charge of N.W. Hollywood. I'm
2: pretty sure we are in charge of N.W. Hollywood at this stage.
1: So he's basically saying, are you still working for that chump, J.J. Dillon, you know, earning pocket change? You want to earn some real money? You come with me. Um... And Booker, like, the smartest man on the television program is, like, basically, like, you do realize Hogan is working all of you. And the only thing you're doing is, like, carrying in his bags. And, uh, this this aggravates Stevie, understandably. But what aggravates everybody in the situation more is that Disco then approaches them and suggests, oh, is this a Harlem Heat reunion? (laughs) They, you know, in no uncertain terms, tell the man to fuck off, um... And because he's trying to say, oh, if it's a Harlem Heat reunion, does that mean there's room in Hollywood for me? Um, And when they tell him to get lost, he's like, oh, is this a brother thing? And Booker, incensed by this uh, implication, uh, immediately goozles uh, Disco and is like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do to you as the camera cuts away.
2: I mean, I'm going to assume the worst here and assume that that was a racism by WCW.
1: Yes, that yeah. is immediately, that's immediately what I went to yeah. uh, in my head. And, you know, with some companies, you give them the benefit of the no, doubt, not, Freudian no, slip no. or whatever. Not this company. No. Not this company at all, my friend. Um, next up, Tori is back. No, Excuse me, her name is not Tori. What is her name? It's Samantha. Oh, Samantha, sorry. Yeah, it's Tori. <laughs> um <laughs> That's W W E
2: Royal Rumble competitor, Tori Wilson. Yes. Was she, of in, was she in the Rumble this year?
1: Uh no, not this year. She has been in it before though, I think. But was um, she a world champion? I don't think she ever won the title. But she, I could be wrong. She wasn't a world champion in the Rumble. No.
2: Okay. No. In case
1: you hadn't heard, Mickey James is the first ever world champion in a Royal Rumble first ever she wasn't even the only world champion in that Royal yeah, Rumble yeah no, but she's still the, the only ever yeah only one um so Tori is back uh in a hotel room flirting with the camera and uh, let me tell you compared to last week where they were in this like you know You know, not the Ritz, but a reasonably classy-looking hotel. This is the most fucking low-rent Motel 6-looking fucking thing. Like, the opening shot of the establishing shot of this scene is the door after it's been knocked on, and it's got a big fuck-off stain on it. (laughs) She opens the door, and it's the most kind of, like, dimly-lit, shitty-looking room you've ever seen. Um... And she said, oh, I guess the meeting went well and the the person behind the camera hands something over. It's the stun gun. And she says, oh, did Scott give you that? So there's an implication that whoever Samantha has been talking to this whole time uh, is a new or existing member of the New World Order. Fun, fun, fun. So
2: last week, you know, the, the vignettes were all very employed. I mean, this was just straight up porn.
1: Mm hmm. Straight up, because she's just like, oh, have you ever used one of these? Yeah. Uh, Referring to the stun gun and said she has some experience with them. Or she's very experienced. Yeah, I'm very experienced with this piece of machinery and starts chasing the camera with the stun gun. Yeah, and then we've got Fade Out. And then we get back to probably the most disappointed I was in one respect on this whole show. At Home with the Ravens. I was so excited for about three seconds I thought it was a new week of them going on Wacky Adventures but unfortunately they literally just replayed the At Home with the Ravens bit from last week where they go on a shopping spree but
2: I tell you what Dave what does that tell you about how badly booked the
1: show is so badly <laughs> like I yeah because part of me was like are they replaying this just to drive home that Raven's coming back are they doing a thing where they accidentally put it on a week early and Raven's not back till next week so they just need to do it again Or do they have no memory or idea that they've already shown it and think they're showing it for the first time now? None of those answers are good, as far as I'm concerned. I
2: think they just went, oh shit, we have to fill six minutes on this show. I just played the Raven vignettes.
1: Now, look, I still enjoyed watching them the second time Mm round. And it was great to sit back and not have to take notes for a few minutes each time. It was good. It was like little breeders uh, in between this solid wall of text I usually type for these shows. Um... But I did laugh that right at the end of um, the first segment here, they, uh, the Thunder Live logo uh, popped up. and I was like, what a bunch of horse shit. <laughs> like, if you ever, ever wanted evidence about how, like, never believe wrestling companies, no matter what they tell you, there it is. Thunder Live, Live. for a skit we have seen seven days ago that was no doubt recorded sometime before that. Um Disco is here with a microphone because we deserve nothing nice in this world. Uh, He came out to the Wolfpack music and it really annoyed the shit out of people uh, when he came out and it was just him. Uh, They were big mad about that. Um, He's here to introduce a legend, a hero of his growing up. It's Rowdy Scott and it's Scott in a kilt, uh, curtsying. Um, I don't know if it was the screen I was watching it on or what, or... or, uh, Was it just me, or was it that Scott looked noticeably more disheveled this week than even usual? Yeah, he didn't look Like, more like, man needs a shower than Mm -hmm. usual. Yeah. He's been on the
2: road a few
1: days too many without, you know, looking after himself. The road has, in fact, owned him. Um, And it's tough watching him in this segment, because it's like... Here's a guy who is like a real naturally charming dude and a compelling act in wrestling and I'm just seeing nothing here. If this is my first time skiing Scott Hall and somebody told me, oh, this guy is and was a big deal, I'd be like, bullshit. Yeah, no, like, like, li-
2: literally all I have is shit Hall promo, fans don't care.
1: He demonstrates no personality, no charisma whatsoever. He very much, as is his theme at the time, seems like he just does not give a shit. Totally checked
2: out. Like I know, yeah. I know he was having major, like, family issues and stuff like that at this time, but yeah, yeah, his his career really suffered at this point.
1: Uh, he Ev- says everything is buzzing about what's going to go down on Sunday between the official new member of the Wolfpack Disco big groan did he say uh, it was
2: official
1: yeah yes he did okay yeah uh, new member of the Wolfpack Disco and Booker T because even Tony on commentary goes well that's it it's official Um. so Disco oh my god I got I, I got big mad at this bit where Disco had the nerve to call Booker T mediocre and to question his athletic credentials <laughs> um, absolute disgrace well
2: <laughs> What did you think of Disco comparing comparing himself to a virus?
1: He says, "You can't stop me. You can only hope to contain me." Yeah, I I could not disagree with that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Um. So then they turn their attention at the end to Piper, and it's kind of like he just he just waffles for a little while. The yeah. basic sentiment is uh, there's only one person walking out on Sunday with the U.S. title, and it's Scott Hall. Woo. Um, Raven then at the bank again from last week, uh, before we go to our first match of the show and it's, uh, the Raging Cajun, Lash LaRue versus Chavo Guerrero. And I wrote, this could be rough because as we talked about last week, much as I enjoy Lash LaRue myself, very much at this stage, he is extremely green and of all the people to put him in the ring with at this stage, given, um, what the other person is like, I would not have picked Chavo anywhere near the top of that list you know he's not the guy that you want to send him on house shows with to get better in in
2: 1999. Mm. F- first of all I'm going to propose we uh change Lash Lash's name. Yep. I vote that we refer to him as Lash Lorraine from here on out. Denied. Uh
1: <laughs> moving on. Uh <laughs> There's uh they do a bit of chain wrestling at the top <laughs> he's here. Just
2: skip right just, over. just
1: steamrolling him alone. That's what I get. You're getting exactly what that Listen, tried the, to...
2: the Thunder Buddies will speak on this, and if they wish for him to be referred to as Lash Ryan, because of the eerily scary resemblance not even remotely, between, not between even Dave and like, Lashler
1: Literally just both men who are alive. He's I mean, the only guy, the only... I
2: mean, if you could see Dave right now with the cage and pearls around his neck, the... The long um, sideburns, I mean, it's just, it's eerie.
1: I actually do have sideburns at you the do, moment. Like really that, they're, they're blended into the beard, though. I mean, the like, L, it's not... like, it, it's just, it just throws me off. You're a fucking disgrace to broadcasting, Lee. This is what's going to, like, why did you guys turn to a video podcast exclusively? It's like, because I couldn't deal with this fucking gimmick, basically, <laughs> is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Do you mean me or the actual
0: Lash? Or do you know what? <laughs> I
1: should have like beat you to it and like just picked a random wrestler. As like, do you do you know who looks exactly like Scotty Riggs is Lee?
2: <laughs> I would love to look like Scotty Riggs.
1: I'd love to have the eye patch. You look. You're only an eye patch away from having an eye patch, mate. That's true. It's the only thing. that Like, if you want me to go do a full like Sandman Raven and like you know uh give you a worked blinding spot on the podcast or something like that. You can stay home for a month with double eye patched up. That's cool. I mean, I'm sure you could arrange. I'm pretty
2: sure there's like a long list of Irish wrestlers that would love to blind me.
1: Now I know that um in modern wrestling um you are susceptible if you get blinded in an angle to a case of what we call lore face. Oh. No. Which, unfortunately, um, one Malachi Black is very, like, he has desperate lore face at the moment. So, I don't know if you want to run that risk. Is that, like, grayscale
2: where if it touches you, it just overtakes everything?
1: Essentially, yes. Yeah.
2: I don't think my bosses would like that.
1: It's tough. It, it gets, like, progressive on your face. You cut increasingly rambly promos. Um, do you know... Like, on the upside, eventually you'll end up with, like, a, uh, a large tattooed heater showing up and doing your dirty work for you. So maybe, like... Yeah, but you know, no, my, couple... my look it'd
2: be Wyndham Rotunda.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be great. I'd watch that show.
2: What, but me, me, but me and Bray Wyatt?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like you get to relax at home while Bray Wyatt goes to work for you.
2: I mean, yeah. I am a man of very little effort.
1: Yeah. That would be great. Mm. I'm telling you, look, somebody needs to sign us to some sort of developmental deal with all these. We're firing out these TV and movie ideas on this show. Um, (laughs) Early on in this match, they start doing some chain wrestling, and... um, what I a spot I I really like seeing that you don't see very often is like the rare outswinging arm drag from from Lash LaRue hits. Like he does a couple of normal arm drags, but he also does the kind of like outswinger where he doesn't like Chavo doesn't pass over his body during you mean, the arm you mean drag. A Japanese arm drag. Yes, that's I was trying to think of the name of it earlier on. Okay. Um, just as you were describing like outswing, I was like, does he mean a Japanese arm drag? Yes, yes, yes.
2: yes. I mean my favorite spot early in the match was where the camera cut away.
1: Oh yes where like for the second successive (laughs) week uh, WCW production just gets bored watching a match and they cut to something that happened backstage. And I... I... What
2: was the director's name? Keith Mitchell, the guy that just retired.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he was sick of wrestling this long ago and it took him 23 more years to retire. I mean, the man
2: went through a stint in TNA and still never cut away from matches like this.
1: So Tony says, we've got a camera crew outside. We've got to go there urgently. They go outside. And by the way, like this show gets broadcast in prime time. So it's nighttime in... January uh, or no, in February <clears throat> and they cut outside and it's broad daylight <laughs> And uh, a limo is pulling up and Ray Mysterio is just kind of like trucking along in the car park, walking along. And as the limo stops, the uh, the window rolls down and it's Lex and Liz. And they basically, Statler and Waldorf style, heckle him, drive on a little bit longer, stop the limo. Uh, door opens, Liz gets out. And as Lex is trying to get out, uh, Ray Mysterio runs screaming from off the corner of the camera and like kicks the door into Lex's arm. Uh, Liz freaks out Lex is screaming all the while like as he's going off camera Ray is screaming about that that's thug life just I'm, I mean have you not never seen thugs on the street kicking indoors well I was gonna say the original doctor of thugonomics incredible scenes who knew who knew like <laughs> if you were to, like I wouldn't until this day I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that John Cena watched his Ray Mysterio tapes but now I can see it 100% <laughs> um, to, what's brilliant then is like I said it's nighttime. they mm-hmm. say they're cutting outside right now it's broad daylight and as soon as they cut back uh, Tony's like oh yeah that I was, I, I, I was footage from earlier this afternoon yeah after saying we have to urgently cut outside our camera crew out mm-hmm. there it's
2: like oh no no that was recorded earlier on
1: brilliant brilliant stuff uh, back to brawling on the outside with Chavo in charge of the match Chavo stretching Lash out uh, Lash gets a few moments here for a little bit of shine and some showboating um, he does this cool um, float over northern light suplex um, it wasn't like 100% smooth but I like the idea do you know what it looked like to me is what? do you ever see oh god what's the name of the move
2: it's like that that kind of float over DDT I think Osprey used to do it. It's where you basically flip into a DDT.
1: Oh, like a DDT destroyer kind of yeah, thing? kind of thing. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what it looked like. Blash did. He spiked yeah. his own head. Yeah. Um. It was a coo- Like it was kind of like it was one of those. The idea of what they were trying to do was cooler than, mm-hmm. like, in terms of smoothness of how it came off. Um. So Lashgate then gets stuck in a tree of woe, but hung kind of reverse, like over the outside, outside of the yeah, turnbuckle. Yeah. Um, Chavo keeps beating on him while hung till he's dq'd. The classic being dq'd for kicking too much ass, mm-hmm. wouldn't break the uh, at the ropes for a five count. Chavo then shoves the ref over, and the commentators like, "Oh fuck yeah, that's a fine." So they 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 say that on just keep that continuity to say, "Well, that's him getting fined for that." Uh, Kidman in his sneakers comes out for the save uh, but Chavo (laughs) takes control pretty quickly whips him into Lash LaRue who's still hanging there their heads bonk together and Lash falls down Uh, Chavo piles the two of them on top of each other and then goes up on the apron gets up on the top rope and the commentators are like oh my god oh my god because they think he's going to do like a moonsault or some shit but he just stands there kind of celebrating reveling in his own ass kickery um Lee, it's safe it. to say that <laughs> it's it, 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 it's safe to say that you know, much like three of the other four matches left on this show, there wasn't a huge amount to say about this one. No, I mean, they didn't want to beat Lash LaRue this early.
2: They yeah. couldn't have Chavo lose because he has a pay per view, um, title match,
1: three days away. So, yeah. Dave, I have a question: Why book the match? I know. Yeah, it's the classic you booked yourself into a corner in the opening match of your television program with undercard guys that is impressive Mm -hmm. that is very impressive um what have we got up next here oh yeah so we've got the shopping montage again which again great but we didn't necessarily need to see it two, two weeks in a row um So we've got a Nitro flashback uh, Flair telling the driver Not to leave the limo For one second tonight He's like Oh I wouldn't dare Violate my contract We skip forward The driver is making a detour It is laid on So thick From the first segment
2: You're saying the driver The driver is Eric Bischoff
1: Oh is it? Did you not realise that? No I was watching on my phone So I didn't see who it was (laughs) Is it really? Yes Oh that's great
2: <laughs> even though he's been doing all these jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's oh, fir- that's he-
1: great. He's fair's driver, yeah, yeah. Like for this middle part of the show, I was uh, I was making food, so I was watching this segment on the phone, and I didn't recognize his voice straight away because you know Eric has a dis- fairly distinct mm. voice. um Wow. Okay, that's that's suddenly even dumber of Flair. Yep. yep. You know, like it was already dumb with how thick they were laying on in production. That like obviously this is not going well for flair oh god well it's, it's funny you should say you were what you were making food is that what you said yes
2: i actually i because i was stuck in work i got delayed and i kind of rushed home so i got stopped and got myself a mcdonald's on the way haven't had one in many's a months at this stage
1: lee i'm not gonna stop the podcast right here and ask you what is your go-to mcdonald's order
2: big mac And a a sneaky six uh, chicken nuggets.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's a given. That's a given. But, um, yeah, I I got myself. That's finally, you don't have to ask me mine. It's all about you. Yeah, of course. I mean, I have anecdotes to tell you. Yeah, no, absolutely absolutely go fuck yourself. So, yeah, anyway, you had your (laughs) very important McDonald's. So I had my McDonald's, Dave. Yeah. uh, Yeah, Lee Malone's Days of Thunder with, you know, fucking Wacko the Clown over here.
2: I mean, you're
0: Lasharoo. You're not a clown. All right. Okay. Um, In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack, $40 off right there, 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash VOWnet, arenaclub.com slash VOWnet for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice of the Wrestling Podcast Network.
2: But I came to a realization.
1: The... It's a double quarter of with cheese, by the way. <laughs>
2: The uh, big Mac. Not that you fucking care. I don't. I really don't. I mean, I've I've been in many McDonald's with you, Dave. I'm well aware of what you order. Yeah.
1: Actually, no, because you've mostly been in McDonald's in Germany with me, where because I like to Rib. get, my, I get my McRib <laughs> on, I get my waffle fries on, I get my McWings on.
2: That That's is true.
1: It, we are yeah. going, we're going buck wild when we're in German McDonald's because they got some mad shit there. Um, but anyway, this marriage is very much one sided. Is all I'm saying. This is the.
2: I came to the realization that uh, the Big Mac patties have been shrunk. Yeah, they, they're at least five percent, ten percent smaller than what they used to be, and I'm not happy about this. Yeah,
1: well, do you know what? If you, do you know, if you had expressed some interest in what I worked out McDonald's, maybe I'd have some sympathy for you. But uh, if anything, I say make the Big Mac smaller. Why? Make them fucking microscopic. See if I give a shit. <laughs>
2: Here's one for you. What's your go-to dip for McDonald's?
1: Oh! It's probably a curry. Really? Yeah, well, I like a barbecue, obviously. I think a barbecue is a pretty, like, fairly obvious route. One, one. I've never been a sweet and sour guy. See, sweet and sour is my go-to. Yeah, I've never been a sweet and sour guy. Um, often, sometimes, though, like, if the stuff is perfectly cooked, like, a little bit of salt on your nuggets and you're, you're good to go some of the time. Especially if you're having them on the go. You know, mm. um, of course. Yeah, the ke- the, the ketchup is never the correct answer. No, no. I will. What I will do is if I get my double quarter pounder right.
2: The, is that um, is that your order? Is it?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, might want to write that down. Say like you pretend you care, or <laughs> you know, see Coke Zero with a Oh yeah, see, A Coke see, Z. I know these things, mate. Mate, do you think we would have been allowed on this website if we ordered anything <laughs> about Coke Z's on this show? That was literally question one. R- R- Joe and Rich—they did not care what our show was about. They were just like Coke Z, yay or nay. We said yay. They said welcome aboard. <laughs> um, no. Sometimes I I don't like to get the um especially if I have somewhere to go, I don't like to get the fresh onions on top of the, the Quarter Pounder because, like, they're big and chunky and you smell like onions for the rest of the day. So if I'm, like, on lunch from work and I'm going into a meeting afterwards, I'm not going to, like, chow down on a fucking onion because I'm, like, do you know what I mean? I have places to be. I don't want to smell like onions. Um, So I learned in the intermittent years that in a lot of the McDonald's in Ireland, if you say, I don't want a thing on the burger they will replace the space that that thing would have filled with more sauce. Really? Yes, it happens. A, it's happened a lot to me where the thing is fucking swimming in ketchup when I get it then. So what I end up doing is saying no onions and no ketchup, but then taking the packets of ketchup and ah. getting the correct amount of ketchup on the burger then. Um, yeah.
2: See, I, I learned a trick years ago. before Before they had the kiosks, you know, that you could... Alter your, your burgers to whatever oh, you want. Oh, fucking game changer that was. I mean, Je- Jen had um, diabetes when she was pregnant. And, you know, yeah. she would occasionally go into Burger King. And she could actually alter the order so that she would get a burger with no bone. Yeah. And it would just come out. and It's fucking amazing. But, um, mm. yeah, know, I learned years ago that if you order, say it's a, a Big Mac or a double quarter pound, whatever it is. And you ask for one thing altered on it. They will have to make you a fresh burger to give you what you want.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to make it to order then instead of leaving it stacked there. So the simplest thing to ask for is, like, more mac sauce on your Big Mac. Yeah.
2: Or extra pickles or something.
1: Well, I've noticed since the pandemic that they don't, like, stock up things as much anymore anyway. Like, Mm. the stuff seems uh, fresher even when you're just getting the garden variety stuff. Um, God, this might be, like, some sort of... um, you know, paid tier exclusive in future Like, oh no, well, sure Joe's got his program Where he go, he eats stuff So we can't really infringe on that, can we? <laughs> no Yeah, it can't just be like the two of us Bringing my my portable recorder into McDonald's <laughs> And like Just going layer by layer Through the burger as if it's a match card
2: <laughs> Yeah We could go around raiding every McDonald's In O'Connell Street Because there's like eight of them
1: I love the idea that it would be all as McDonald's, and we'd always get the same thing, yeah, and we just find different ways to talk about the exact same order. <laughs> I mean, isn't that we what we do with Thunder anyway? It is essentially what we do with Thunder, yes, although I wouldn't dare to insult the double quarter pounder by comparing it to Thunder. Fucking starving now. It's more anyway, a, it's
2: more of a fillet of fish, really, isn't it?
1: Uh, the man that has been recently revealed to me as Eric Bischoff. <laughs>
2: <can't
1: tell> um, <laughs> yeah, he's only yeah, like I can't you know, one of that. the main characters in the. Country. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a lesson to me. Is like always pause the show and make your food instead of thinking. Oh, I won't miss any detail by putting it on the phone for ten minutes. Anyway, well, I
2: mean, the most important detail is still to come.
1: Yeah, he um. So he rings the guys to say, we'll be there in 15 minutes. And he leads uh, them out into a field where suspiciously Nash and Hogan shaped men in balaclavas and black shirts open the door. They tell the other guys in the car, this isn't about you. Get lost. Um, And then essentially proceed to absolutely beat the shite out of Ric Flair. Um, There are Hummers everywhere.
2: Yeah, I, I was just about to say. I thought you were skipping over the most important part. This is the no.
1: debut of the Hummer on. Nitro. It wasn't just. It wasn't just the Hummer. Oh, no, there multiple was like, Hummers. multiple Hummers. Multiple yeah. Hummers. An army of Hummers. It's the Hummerverse. Um, yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> the Hummerverse. Um, I mean,
2: if you know anything about WCW, you will know there are multiple homers and multiple different stories. Oh my
1: God! If you like homers, do we have the uh, wrestling I, promotion here? You?
2: you know, there's probably listeners that have no idea what a homer is.
1: Do you want to? Do, do you want to enlighten people? Because really yeah, fucking they the, the big. Hey, That's what I know. <laughs> the the heyday of these. They're like they're just basically a massive gas guzzling what wasn't um, it
2: like arnold schwarzenegger made them think like he was one of the like first famous owners yeah
1: cuz you remember the simpsons it then where um Rainier wolfcastle remier wolfcastle had the one as like uh, one highway zero city yeah um. Yeah. That. So that would make sense. Uh. Yeah. Just these big, like, absolute ozone layer killers. They're not. Uh, they're not even cars. SUVs.
2: They're basically and like military vehicles.
1: Genuinely, there are commuter buses smaller than these fucking things. Um. And yeah, it becomes a trope in WCW that when mystery. Uh, attacks occur on people. There is a black or white Hummer involved in in proceedings, uh, and this is yes the genesis of it in our timeline, where there is a small army of Hummers. They're driving around in a circle around Flair. There's like a chopper with a spotlight with so a cool. camera on it, made it, like, oh, made it look like made it look like it was it made it look like it was fucking an episode of Cops or some they, shit. They should have
2: had like a fake news like cnb or something like just yeah. fake news channel recording it
1: do you know what i loved about it is like i was immediately like why are they wearing balaclavas when it was immediately obvious not only to the viewer but to rick flair they all knew straight away who the people in the balaclavas were and they made no secret of it because within seconds of the beating starting vince and buff took off their balaclavas <laughs> It was just like, we think this shit looks cool. Do you know what would have been the best, like, if this company had its head screwed on right, do you know what the best twist on this would have been?
2: Finley and the balaclava?
1: No, if they had done the thing where they, for Hogan's balaclava, they had the balaclava and the hole on it, there's, there's two holes for the eyes, and then instead of a mouth hole, there's a hole in the exact shape of the handlebar moustache. <laughs> and they are fucking cowards for not doing that. <laughs>
2: That would mean they would have had to plan it out
1: and you can guarantee this was not
2: planned out at all.
1: No. It was probably like they know somebody from a local Hummer dealership who was like, yeah, we've got six. Do you want to use them tonight on Nitro? And they're like, fuck, yeah, bring them over. We'll figure out what to do later. Meet us in this field. So
2: watching this segment, I came to a realization about 2022 Cody (laughs) Rolls.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. And that realisation... You're taking me on a trip here.
2: I mean, listen, this is stuff that goes through my mind when I watch Let's go. This has
1: been a particularly tangent-heavy show, so I'm all for it. So, you know how Cody's, you know, a face that's hated and... Yeah. ...doesn't realise it. So... Yeah. And, uh, by the way, not only is he... Like, does he... Like... (laughs) My favourite thing of the Cody thing is people who are taking him at face value, saying he's not turning heel at our getting absolutely worked to the, bits they but don't I'm, get it yeah yeah. Um, and it's like he's not a subtle man though. like it shouldn't be this easy to work people but I mean, anyway I
2: mean what did he mean by when he smashed that um, chair with the sledgehammer who knows yeah. I mean what could have possibly
1: meant it goes back to what has been said on... I think it's. I think the flagship have said it multiple times before. Is like, at the end of the day, at the core, people want to be worked. Mm-hmm. But the difference nowadays is that people get mad at the assertion that they have been. Yes. Instead of being like, oh, they got me. They're like, fuck you. They didn't get me. Anyway, continue.
2: Anyway. So, watching this beatdown of Rick Clare in the field, I came to the realisation that Cody Rhodes needs to grow a Hulk Hogan or Hollywood Hulk Hogan style beard. So he needs to have like the, the dirt, dirty black beard with the, with the blonde hair and then the blonde beard, the blonde kind of goatee. We,
1: we might get him to gateway there because like, he's obviously such a sting fan Mm. that he might do the, the, the short lived sting goatee.
2: Oh, that's true. Yeah.
1: And we might gateway him into a Hogan, uh, Handlebar By doing that Who knows Yeah that's We can possibly. hold out hope
2: I mean I'd love Somebody needs to Photoshop that Like <laughs> Modern day Cody With the Hogan With the Hollywood Hogan beard
1: Hogan um Hogan brags That after this beating That Flair will never Make it to the pay per view uh, Later on Flair is found And picked up uh Then later again You see him get into the arena Fall out of a pickup truck Uh, grab an axe handle off the back of the pickup truck and stumble to the ring Uh, he's badly outnumbered and they beat him up again as the crowd chants Goldberg we go back to tonight Uh, another limo arrives uh, this time like in the exact same position outside the building Um, Steiner sticks his head out he asks if DDP is there the guy says nope Scott turns to whoever's in the car with him presumably Buff and says told ya um We get Raven and Canyon at the nightclubs and coming back in the Porsche again. Um, Then we get a Brian uh, Brian Adams and Horace pre-tape. They do a couple of pre-tapes of the two tag teams in the main event tonight and both of them appear to be at the setting for their high school yearbook photos.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What is the odds that they went, shit, we have two minutes of airtime to fill, get the lads to do a promo?
1: Yeah, Do you know what, I actually like the tone of this promo because I, I, I love the bit when heels act have a persecution complex and they're so deluded that they, they have this thing about oh, the NWO have had the hardest path of all in this tournament you know, nobody ever respects us like these guys who've run roughshod for fucking three years over this company and they're like, oh, poor us I, I love that um, um, Horace says they're the toughest of the
2: tough the baddest of the bad, the meanest of the mean Yeah, I mean, how do Tough Tom and me and Mark or Mike or... Yeah. Matthew, whatever the fuck his name is, feel this
1: <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, or
2: John. What? What was his name? Malicious Mike. <laughs> Nasty Nick. Ticked I, off Timmy. <laughs> I mean, there was a whole gang of them. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not saying they were like the uh, Seven Dwarfs, but like, yeah,
1: perturbed Peter I, was there. I mean, for sure, Horace was definitely taking their gimmick. Yeah. Slightly headachy Harold was there, for <laughs> sure. I need a nap, Nigel. All Scoop, the great. Scuba Steve. Scuba Steve. Um, so they said that they have a psychological advantage because, you know, you count down through the Horseman. Flair is clinging onto life at the moment, Mongo uh, can't see shit, basically, uh, and Arna's is in jail. I'm just like, we have missed a lot by not watching Nitro. I mean, people think, so, people think Glock Anderson was a new thing. Apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> so Mongo is blind and Arns in jail. It's been quite a week. Um, we go back to the ring. Uh, Jericho's on the mic. He uh, wants to remind people that he's their role model, but you don't know... That he is the god of thunder and rock and roll as well uh, He then begins to slag off Perry Saturn's dresses And he's here to introduce a real man in a dress And that is Ralfus uh, Lee This is the week where we can finally Definitively say it Ralphus is over Ralphus had his own WCW. music Yeah Has his own music Got a pop And not one But multiple Ralphus signs in the crowd mm-hmm. Like you want to talk about, you know, again, the 2021, 22 vintage of Jericho is, you know, we're not going to stand here and go, this is the greatest shit of his career. and But this was a guy before this like most recent part of his run was a guy who basically his career was characterized by being given the dumbest shit or picking the dumbest shit sometimes himself. And inexplicably getting it over.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you want to talk about, like, The List, The Best Friends with Kevin Owens. Like, they, you know, you, we don't have the kind of time to go all the way backwards to this. Like, him going through the libraries of Congress last year on Thunder, finding the Ed Strangler-Lewis loophole. Um all sorts of shit like that. Like he is just, this is something he's the master of. And you know, you can't say it's down to Ralphus that Ralphus got over. Like it's Jericho put, got Ralphus mm-hmm. over. Um, which is like maybe second only to Judy Bagwell in inexplicably over characters in our run of thunder so far. Um, yeah. Um, and I will say the uh, the grandma's Sunday best Ralphus was wearing was very becoming of him. He looked very happy in her. He was fucking delighted. Uh, I did love as well, uh, he was wearing earrings with it, he had a big smile on his face, and one thing I was worried about was he looked like he was wearing wrestling boots. And I was just like, oh no. Thankfully, we didn't see Ralph's, uh try to have a matte classic here. Thank God. I actually
2: thought they uh, they looked like, you know the compression socks you had to wear in hospital?
1: Oh yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. That's what they looked like to me. Yeah. Um... Maybe it was that, like, because Ralphus does take a bump in this. Maybe because he was told, he's like, you always got to bring your gear. So he just wore wrestling boots because he'd take one flat back bump. Um, the lads on commentary are absolutely obsessed with, with Ralphus. They go through a break. Uh, Jericho is hanging Hoovy uh, on the ropes. Uh, we, tries to get. We should say
2: it's Hoovy versus Jericho.
1: Yeah, Hoovy <laughs> versus Jericho. Yeah. Which, like. Without comedy, and if they just did a straight match, has been really good in the past. Uh, this is mostly shtick, this one. Uh, as I said, Jericho hangs Hoovy up on the ropes, and he tries to get Ralphus to give him a kiss, which gets a big reaction from the crowd. Uh, Hoovy escapes, he knocks Ralphus down, which kind of almost turned Hoovy uh, heel in Salt Lake City uh, here. Uh, knocks ralphus down before getting a near fall i love that like randomly a few seconds after this spot ralphus decides right uh it's time to stop selling and just you can see him in the background just he just pops up grand no bother on him um pinning attempts in the ring uh jericho trying big moves but Hoovy is too quick for them keeps reversing keeps running away uh keeps coming back to hit a move um the finish of this match i really liked Um, you know, it was very short lived but uh, Hoovy runs the ropes goes for the pop-up rana uh, and as he does it, Jericho catches him by the legs, reverses it into the lion tamer Hoovy nearly gets to the ropes Jericho has stronger legs than he has arms so he pulls him away and uh, tap out for that Um, as the lads are heading to the back uh, Tanay quips that, boy they make a striking couple, (laughs) uh, Ralfus and Jericho which I did enjoy. Did
2: you notice who sponsored the replay this week on Twitter? No. The replay awesome. was brought to you by Nestle Flips, Dave.
1: Oh, good stuff. Are you a fan
2: of the, of the Nestle
1: Flips? I've never had Nestle Flips, but I think for a match involving cruiserweights it's the perfect sponsor.
2: Okay, do you not remember a couple of years ago Flips were fucking everywhere over here?
1: Oh, sorry. When you said Nestle Flips I thought cereal. Yeah, the chocolate pretzels. The, yes, the pretzels. Yes, yes, yes. I love them. Yeah, they... Yeah. It had to be, like, what, three, four
2: years ago. They were just everywhere. You couldn't walk, oh, dude. walk into a shop. Oh, dude, seating. they're
1: still here. They're still, like, you can get the down in Tesco.
2: Oh, yeah, no, you can still get them. But, oh, yeah. I mean, they were everywhere, like, literally in oh, front yeah. of every tail.
1: They were around for a while here in the 90s as well, like, probably when mm. this was being sponsored, and then just went away for a long time. And then, yeah, you're right, came back about four years ago. Yeah, because
2: pretzels kind of started getting a lot more popular about ten years ago over.
1: Yeah. And I've always been a big fan of the pretzel. Mm-hmm, big fan of the pretzel. Um, but yeah, they weren't like widely available here for a long time. Um, what do we have next? We have um a a promo for the wrestler that at this stage in this angle needs to be referred to as Stock Steiner. Um, just basically a highlight clip, uh, a highlight package of Scott Steiner uh, creeping out uh, Kimberly and beating the shit out of DDP. Then we have speaking of Stalk Steiner Buff is in the ring. And did you notice that this week, uh, not to cast aspersions, but Buff Buff had quite the roid belly on him this week. Mm-hmm. It was the classic. He looked like he had a bit of a gut, but that gut had abs.
2: Yeah, Buff Buff was uh, after cycling back on, shall we say, this week.
1: Yeah, um, he introduces Scott who, according to commentary, uh, apparently had his lawyer on Monday threatened to press charges against DDP. And much as, like, you know, the Kimberly element of this storyline we're very much not in favour of, the idea that after all the, like, attacking and beating the tar out of DDP, there was a segment where Scott brought out a lawyer intending to press charges and pull DDP up in front of a grand jury, that's a good bit.
2: I'm just upset we didn't get to see the lawyer on Thunder.
1: I know. I hope it was just Dr. Cecil Swartz again in a suit. I really hope that's what yeah, it was. Yeah, that would be a great bit, yeah. Yeah, or it was like Buff in a really terrible disguise. Um,
2: <laughs> or as I'm re-watching um, Arrested Development again, just Henry Binkler.
1: Oh, they're going to say Bob Loblaw. Blah,
2: blah. <laughs> I actually haven't got the Bob blah, blah, blah. yet.
1: Oh because this would be Like a few This would probably be A few years before The heyday of Bob Loblaw's Loblog mm. Lobbing law bombs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Basically the two lads Are in the ring here And they talk shite For ages About uh, Paige And about Kim uh, Before Buff then Introduces Scott's opponent For the night Who is Bobby Blaze And I know Lee You're a huge Bobby Blaze fan Am I? I can see the poster on your zoom screen there massive just is that like the, oh a shrine as well
2: shrine yeah I, I have bits weird. of hair and all yeah
1: yeah it's super weird but whatever Um, Scott this is like this is just a fabulous squash match it goes on for less than two minutes Scott just tosses him around the ring hits one of his belly to belly suplexes uh, even though he's decisively winning this match he still takes the time to threaten a referee <laughs> which I appreciate Uh, puts Bobby in the recliner Uh, he wins the match then he decides to put him back in the recliner again uh, and Buff asks him how he feels so you get like the whimpering uh, in pain into the microphone which again a good bit Uh, Blaze gets medical attention he's put on a stretcher Steiner decides he's not done yet comes out flips over the stretcher starts stomping on the backboard which is on top of him and then puts him in the recliner again as we go to break I must
2: say there's nothing funnier in wrestling than somebody getting flipped off a stretcher.
1: No. No. It's a it's classic. Um, our next match is Conan and Ray versus Garza and Silver King. And this is probably like the main event. You know, we'll talk about the main event. Um, but this is probably the most like, because it's Blink and you'll miss it, it's probably the most overmatch on the show. Mm. Because all it is is like. There's no pretense towards this being a tag match. Bell rings and Conan and Ray just go fucking hog wild. <laughs> yeah. Big moves, huge crowd pops, um, and my f- like again, this is a show where I I liked some of the finishes, and this was the best one, uh, where Conan monkey flips Ray into <inaudible> a rana. Yeah, yeah. was it on was it on Garza. Yeah. No it was on Silver King On Silver King On Silver King Yeah so he monkey flips him Into a Rana So that was That was awesome I mean
2: Um, We shit on WCW When they deserve it Which is a lot of the time Yeah But they really actually Have done a decent job In the past couple of weeks Establishing Conan and Ray As a tag team Yeah And I mean putting them in there With two luchadors Helps Yeah
1: And that feud for the pay per view Has heat Mm -hmm. You know Um, And we'll talk about Where that goes uh, On the next show Um, next up Horseman promo in the yearbook photo room Uh, they're sick of the NWO and um, I I love as well these these two are the only two people in the company that seem to be one aware and two still annoyed that the NWO keep fucking up this tournament they're the
2: only ones that truly love tag team wrestling
1: again dude like we raised this point when they decided to redo the tag team tournament that was already halfway done like the nwo kept interfering in matches and not allowing it finish so flair when he got control of the company was like right fuck yes we're starting the tournament again and the nwo are not allowed to interfere in any matches but then turned around and put an nwo team in the fucking tournament well i
2: mean they put themselves in the tournament
1: Oh yeah, that, sorry, yes. Technically, they put themselves in the tournament and Flair just didn't stop them. Which is like... So nothing has changed, essentially. No. Um, anyway. Uh, we get a catch-up video on like the recent history of the US title with Brett and Piper and the build for the match at the pay-per-view. Again, always... The, like. What you've had here is a few segments where... In really quick squashes, you're establishing people that have pay-per-view programs as strong, both with, um, like, the likes of Jericho and uh, Conan and Ray here. Uh, and on top of that, you've got some good video packages throughout the night that are recapping and heating up feuds for you to say these are reasons you should buy the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like... They don't do the hard sell on this show in as much as, like, directly, you know, word for word, begging you to buy the pay-per-view. But they're doing it through their actions. They're actually showing you rather than telling you why this pay-per-view is going to be good.
2: Yeah, it's a, um, it's a nice change to see them actually build stuff well.
1: Yeah. Um. Next up, we have Booker T versus Jerry Flynn. Um, I gotta say... Behind Conan and Ray, who got the biggest superstar babyface pop on this show, Booker T has got to be like the next one underneath that. People were so excited to see him. Uh, We got a couple of minutes of uh, Jerry Flynn uh, on the offense. Then we go to Booker T doing his big moves, including the axe kick. Uh, Booker gets ready to finish the match. Uh, Jerry reverses. Uh he's low bridged out of the ring by disco who hits a chart buster on the floor and Jerry wins with you know to honor our good friend Garrett Kidney, Jerry wins with the TNA kick.
2: Yeah, basically and you
1: gotta love it. You gotta love it. Um next segment we've got gene and flair in the ring uh flair is wearing sunglasses he's all like you can see his freshly stitched cuts and all that sort of stuff he's banged up and he's a bit shaken and for the most part he delivers this pay-per-view in a very serious tone he said like i could get animated i always you know me i always want to get animated that's who i am uh but i want to drive home the point here about what kind of man hogan is um And you know what Much as like You know we've always said This match between those two Has never been good But it should have been Mm -hmm. You know More of a big deal Than it was I gotta say Flair did a good job Of talking you into the building here And reminding you about like The differences on many levels Between these two men And he goes through a lot About how like To feel like a world champion Hogan had to have everything handed to him He had to be the darling of the networks Mm -hmm. He had to be a movie star He had to have this He had to have that He had to literally have the title handed to him On this most recent occasion To be a world champion And Flair simply goes You know by comparison All he had to do was work hard for 20 years To be the absolute best He said he's bound by his family Like the honour of his family To make this a special day He knows that on his very worst day, because he's saying like, I'm banged up, Do you know, that they, you know, acknowledging that they beat the shit out of him, he's not 100%, but he said he knows on his worst day, he can kick Hogan's ass. And he said, I, I am sick of walking around backstage, walking through companies, and saying to be the man in this industry, you have to beat Hulk Hogan. On Sunday, you've got to beat me. I thought this was a great one. Yeah,
2: novel. it really was. I mean, look, <laughs> you know, Rick Flair is fucking great at his job you know yeah when he's given something to get invested in there really was nobody better and you know this is a guy that in what when did he retire 2008 yeah like he got people invested in like a really shitty storyline building up to his last e- last ever match mm. so you know the fact that he could do this
1: in 1999 with Hulk Hogan
2: yeah of course he could
1: uh, we have uh, Tori aka Samantha in bed post weird creepy taser sex and she's ordering food. Uh, I mean, then... knowing what we know about the Atlanta Falcons
2: going forward in this company, does it surprise you? Oh, don't be spoiling stuff, man. It's a mystery, man. Knowing what we know about Redacted going forward in this company. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do <laughs>
1: you think I'm going back and bleeping that, you got another thing coming. You really some. should, actually. I won't though you you're absolutely won't yeah um, so she is uh, being taken to Super Brawl basically uh, she's been given t- uh, tickets to go to see Super Brawl and she says oh we have to go shopping I don't know what I'm going to wear and then we get to the main event I'm just thinking
2: uh, like, you know giving his love affair with Crowbar I mean Taser
1: I mean it's you know it's just I'm just saying I'm just saying Yeah. I'm not I'm not king shaming yeah, no, it's look, it's going to be Taserface from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's who's showing up at the pay per view, obviously. <laughs> um, anyway, so we've got our main event tag match in the steel cage with the commentators just learned, even though we all pieced it together two hours ago. It's the horseman team of Malenko and Benoit versus NWO Hollywood, uh, aka Half Arsed, Brian Adams, and Horace Hogan. Um, do you know what, Lee, for the most part, this was by far the longest match on the show, it was like 15 minutes long, and um. For the most part I just sat back And watched it Yeah I enjoyed this match I thought And I don't think It's exactly a high bar to clear But distantly the best match I've ever seen Horace Hogan have Mm -hmm. Is definitely the best match We've seen Brian Adams have On this run
2: Yeah in this WCW run Yeah that's fair
1: I think this was A very smartly put together match Where Everybody knew what they were doing Mm Mm-hmm. They didn't overdo it and try to do like a million crazy things. They just all had a role, and they lived up to it. Yep. You know, you had the the kind of the swaggering, cocky big man heels that were trying to just like ruthlessly um, punch and kick their way to victory. And you had the smaller technical guys that any time they got within their reach and got to actually wrestle them, the heels were in trouble. Mm-hmm. And and that's how this match played out. And I thought it was, it had really good heat. It was getting really good crowd reactions, which, uh, you know, a main event cage match is gonna... That was
2: gonna be my point. I think the crowd deserve a lot of credit. I think they were yep. very much, they are into a lot of stuff on the show, but they were really into this match. They, you know, yeah. gave the right reactions at the right times. Yeah. And, yeah, like, I, I I, came into this match going, oh, God. But, like, I mean, I came out with a great appreciation for, like you said, what everyone did in this match.
1: It's also, you know, WCW cage rules in this case, so... Um, it's you, it's a straight tag match in a cage it's a Straight it's a straight tag match in a cage no fucking escape in the cage because mm-hmm. the idea behind the cage you know this uh, I hate to fucking sound like Cornette the idea of the cage match is supposed to trap you're not supposed to be able to get out it's mm-hmm. supposed to be like you know You get in there and you fight until one person, or in this case, one team, is left standing. And obviously, you know, we run into one of the the troubling tropes of that kind of cage match where everybody has to figure out a way to get out of the cage at some point. But I thought what they did here and the reasoning behind how they got someone out of the cage made sense Mm -hmm. for once. And that was... Now, at first, I was like, oh, fuck. Because what happened is Vincent or Vince, as he's going by now, came out. I was like, well, this is immediately going to knock two stars off this match. And he's trying to get the cage door open. I'm like, oh, he's going to get it open. The whole NWO is going to run out. We've seen this all before. But he gets it out. And basically, the heels bundle Benoit out of the ring, out of the cage, onto the floor, Mm -hmm. and lock the cage door again. So Benoit is outside, stranding Malengo alone with the bullies. Which is great. And, you know, Vince is trying to keep him down on the ground. He lays in a couple of stomps. But, you know, as you would expect, Benoit easily overwhelms Vince. And he starts climbing up on the outside. And this kind of sets us up for the finish of the match. Which, you know, we've made the point about Benoit before. And obviously the CTE and everything like that. But, you know, in isolation, the headbutt off the top of the cage... Looks badass. I mean, (laughs) it looks incredible. I mean, he shouldn't have done it. I wouldn't do it. But again, it's one of those things where you know, like you know, Ben always says, like these are people who like volunteer to do this for a living. You can't fucking stop them, much as you might want to. So, yeah. Like, it, you know, there are definitely safer moves and safer things you could take off the top of the cage that would be as spectacular. But I guess what I'm I'm trying to really put over here, apart from, like, not that it was specifically a headbutt, but the logic that went into planning, right, let's get Benoit out of the cage so that he can come around and climb up to be in position for the finish. Mm-hmm the whole thing made complete sense within the story of the match I think it was an incredibly well put together match and obviously the idea of someone leaping off the cage for the finish is spectacular and it's also the kind of little things because the referee in yeah. the match is a little niche
2: yeah and he's the one that prevents Adams from using the chair on Malenko and allows Malenko to counter we yeah, actually you know classic WCW they miss Adams getting laid out by Malenko so that he's in yeah. position for the headbutt but I mean yeah you look at that crowd when they realise what Ben up to. yeah, They are on their fucking feet and ready for this. And, like, again, I'm not... I'm not um, condoning, you know, what he did and, you know, whatever. But, like, it, it's not a particularly tall cage.
1: Yeah. It's not... It's not... Like, it's not... St- like the ones he was doing off the off no, cage. No, it's not. Um, and it's
2: not even the worst diving headbutt we'll see Benoit do in WCW off a cage.
1: Yeah. Now, would I, in his position, have preferred an elbow yes, drop to meet my finish? Yeah. Yes. But I mean, this is a guy that idolised who he idolised and yeah. that's why he did it. Yeah. And, you know, nobody was going to make him change it. Um, that said, I thought this match was excellent. I did, yeah. It's the first... It's the first match in absolutely ages on Thunder that when I looked up the run order of the show on Cage Match actually had a recommended rating from The Observer. Oh, there you go. This got this got three and a quarter stars from Dave. That's fair. Like, I mean, yeah, I maybe yeah. go three and a half, three, three and a But yeah, no, it's yeah. it's
2: not a blow eye match. Like, it's not, you absolutely have to watch this. This is just a good, yeah. solid TV main event.
1: Yeah. I think if you're one of the people who watches the shows along with us, you'll be very pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. by a main event, especially with one of the tag teams involved that turned out to be this good. Mm-hmm. Like, again, I think a Thunder high performance for sure from the, the Hollywood team yeah. here. Um, So really, really enjoyable. Um, Lee, that's the end of uh, Thunder episode 51 with the horseman standing tall going into the pay-per-view. But as you might recall, my friend this is the go-home show for the pay-per-view and for those of you who haven't been around before there's a little tradition that we have on the show before a pay-per-view because obviously nominally this podcast came out of the idea of like how much sense how much can we piece together about wcw by pretty much exclusively focusing on thunder and chief among those measuring sticks was at the end of the go-home show before the pay-per-view i sit down with my good friend lee malone and i say lee Name that card. (laughs) So Lee has to tell me the entire card of Super Brawl 9. Now, he doesn't necessarily have to say what's the stip or what's the title on the line. He will get bonus credit for that. But uh, I want to hear the participants of the matches on this show. And the only hint I always give him about this pay-per-view is the number of matches. Lee, on Super Brawl 9, which will be our next episode... There will be a grand total Of nine Wrestling matches
2: mm. Nine matches on the Ninth year of Super Bowl
1: Yes mm. Fated
2: It's almost like it's meant to be
1: mm. Okay
2: right. I'll so, run these down So we have Rick Flair Hulk Hogan Boom One Roddy Piper Scott Hall Two DDP Scott Steiner Three He's on a roll folks Billy Kidman Chavo Guerrero four The Horseman versus Wyndham and Henning yes <laughs> I was gone. no
1: that is the yeah. final I was waiting for you it was going yeah. okay um, right. do you know what if we were if we wanted to give you bonus points that's, that's technically three matches oh, it's three, because it? it's two out of three falls yeah, yeah. Um, zero so five. Okay, so
2: two, two, two. What else? Oh, Booker Disco.
1: Booker and Disco. Yes.
2: Mm, so six. Now this is where things might get a bit hairy. Oh yeah, of course the hair match. <laughs> hey
1: seven. <laughs> yeah, Luger and Nash versus Conan and Ray. I. I think if you think about it you can get these other two. Hmm.
2: If I think about it I can get these other two. <laughs> Jericho.
1: Yeah. Jer- Jericho and Saturn. Yes, 8. This might be the first. Th- this could week. be it. Yeah, Jesus.
2: Ah, God, now let me think One more, one more, one more What titles have we got? Just
1: Only took you like 14 pay-per-views But you're right on the precipice talk yeah,
2: right, yeah, up
1: uh... <laughs> um, God, what other matches? Is a big feud you've forgotten about oh, The only hint I will give you is The feud that uh, culminates in this match And this pay-per-view Was not mentioned even one time on this show I don't think Certainly neither person in the feud appeared.
2: There's a big feud. I'm trying to run, I'm trying to think of Oh yes, I do know. Ah, I'm gonna get the full the full compliment here. It's Goldberg
1: and Bam Bam. It is Goldberg and Bam Bam Bigelow. That, that, Congratulations, that's of friend. Yeah, nine for nine And you
2: know what? Fair play. I must compliment WCW because they've built the pay per view well.
1: Yeah, I think we've said it for most of the whole run. This is one of the better or at least more consistently booked pay-per-views uh, we, we've had mm-hmm. in our run so far. Lee, uh, before we get the hell out of here, um, tell me, what did you think of this episode of Thunder, uh, both as a an episode and as a go-home show, and who were your winners and losers?
2: I, you know what, uh, for, for the lack of wrestling on the show, I actually enjoyed the show. I thought, you know, right, could have done without, you know, the like you said, the... The photo shoot promos, the recap of A Home at the Ravens. Could have done with some fresh mm-hmm. kind of content there. But other than that, there's been some good recap videos. They caught us up on all the Hogan Flair shenanigans. They built the Scott Hall and Piper. They've, yeah, the past weeks they've built the Bam Bam and uh, Goldberg. They've kind of built up Chavo as much as you possibly could. They've got Booker into a pay-per-view match. I mean, I've no complaints with what they've done here. And I thought it was a a decent go-home show. And do you know what? Most of all, I'm looking forward to that tag -tag team final.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm just kind of stunned that... Do you know, it's the running bit on this show that we don't have a clue what half or more of the cards are going into the pay-per-view. And I was even saying to somebody earlier today who knew I was going to record the show tonight, I was like, kind of a WCW trope is to randomly throw two to three matches on a pay-per-view that no one knew was happening. That maybe a couple of, if they had been built, might have drawn a handful of buys. Mm. But they don't give a shit because they're they're using pay-per-views to build nitros essentially, a lot of the time, so they don't build the pay-per-views properly. But yeah, I I don't want to say loved this show, but I think this show ticked an awful lot of boxes for, yes, it had minimal wrestling, but some of the wrestling it had was very, very good. I think it had a couple of very good squash matches and uh, an excellent by Thunder standards main event. And as a television program that had to inform you of the big feuds going into the pay-per-view and make you want to see those feuds play out in a match, it achieved its job there. The only caveat being, as we just mentioned, Goldberg-Bam-Bam is a match that really needed some more heating yeah, they, up after need, they cooled it bush, off. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think it's fair to
2: say, posts finger Poke of Doom... And everything that went on there, like obviously we we buried that beneath the fucking earth when it happened, and rightfully so. They've actually got one or like they, they they have a handful of interesting things going on this month. They really do, and mm. they you know I don't think it gets talked about that this was actually a very well built pay per view.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now. Again, talk to us in two weeks and we'll let you know how it played out. I was going to say,
2: it's possibly in spite of themselves, but, you know...
1: Yeah, it often is.
2: (laughs) It's... I'm going to commend them on it. I think they've done a good job.
1: Hmm. Uh, Your winners and losers?
2: I mean, Chris Benoit and Dean Malenko come out of that main event looking... Like, you know, they've been elevated. I think... In spite of him being a fucking chud... Disco has been elevated by being included in the Wolfpack. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's Either he's been elevated or the Wolfpack has been dragged down a bit.
2: Um, other than that, yeah, no, there's not that much to come away from big winners on the show. But I do, I do think the Horsemen mostly in the main event.
1: Yeah. I uh, Yeah. That's fair. I,
2: and to be fair, I don't think there's any heavy losers apart from Bobby Blaze.
1: No. <laughs> Um, Your finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga. Only five matches on this program, uh, probably with a cumulative time of not more than about 20 to 25 minutes. Uh, Three clean finishes, one DQ, one interference leading directly to a finish. Uh, This has been another episode of Days of Thunder. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with our episode on Super Brawl 9. Uh, We will see you all very soon. Goodbye. Stay safe thanks everyone for listening to another episode of days of thunder days of thunder was produced by lee malone and edited by me dave ryan to keep up to date with the show and find all the ways to listen to us you can follow us on twitter at wcw Thunderpod or click the link tree link in our twitter bio or in the show notes I am at the Day to Dave on Twitter and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. Days of Thunder is a part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Follow the VOW network anywhere. Good podcasts are sold for more fine podcasts that you can shake a stick at. Thanks.